Another day, another blowout loss to the Pelicans. At home, an embarrassing loss, 133-100. to 100. Almost down by 50 at one point. We just cannot beat the New Orleans Pelicans. And I'm past the point of being like angry at games like this just because I expected it to happen. And so I was just kind of having a laugh at it the whole time because it's nothing that we didn't know before and nothing that can necessarily be fixed with the roster that we have. And so really I was just going to come on here and and uh, have a little fun with this game. But then something happened that really pissed me off way more than anything that happened in the actual game. And that's the first guy, the first player to go to the podium to have the post-game press conference was Keon Ellis. Keon Ellis, the guy who actually showed some heart and, and played well in the fourth quarter and in garbage time. I don't care that it was garbage time. He played well and he played hard and he was not the reason we lost. He was a plus nine in this game. Where's the accountability from the actual leaders on this team? Like, where's the leadership? You don't leave your second year two-way player out to dry like that to account for a loss that he had nothing to do with. That just pissed me off. Like, where where are the leaders? What are Fox, Domas, and HB doing? Like, you don't let that happen. That was the most embarrassing part of the loss to me because everything else was just expected. It's just like, what is Keon supposed to say? It's like, yeah, like they asked, you know, why did you guys lose so badly? Like, what's he supposed to say? Like, ah, yeah, you know, we didn't do this. We didn't do that. Like he wasn't out there. He wasn't playing during that. So that was just way more annoying than, than the actual loss itself to me. But moving on from that, this loss puts us to two and two on the homestand. So not not what you wanted out of a homestand, but not a disaster. And it's really, you know, you point to the Hornets game as the one that we just should have won. And then if you win that game that you're supposed to win, you go three and one and you're thinking, all right, that's a pretty solid homestand. You know why this game didn't make me mad at all? It's because the Kings never gave anyone any hope. Any Kings fan that watched even even two of the previous games against the Pelicans, any Pelicans fans that watched those games, immediately from the start of the game knew what was going down. It looked like an exact replica of those games, and the Kings just never showed any fight, never showed any signs that they would make this a game at all. And so I guess I got to appreciate appreciate them for that, right? If you're going to get blown out, just just get blown out because we don't want to constantly be in this mode of, oh, if we just go on a little run here, maybe we could get back into it. Like, nah, this game was just over. So appreciate that a little bit. Allowed us to see the garbage time, guys. And of course, games like this are going to make people like uh, overreact. And, and uh, it's not even necessarily overreacting, but it's just like, we've already seen this. We've already gone over this a million times in the past three games that we lost to the Pelicans or games that we lost to the Clippers because it's the same thing. This roster just has its limitations. And I think the takeaways are just this team's defensive floor is extremely low. So if the team isn't connected and isn't locked in being super physical, then 
it can go extremely badly. The Pelicans shot really well, and you don't expect them to shoot as well as they did in this game for most any other games. But there's also a reason for that, and it's because they can just shoot over the Kings and get easy shots in rhythm that bumps up their confidence. Even still, you don't expect them to hit as many even open shots as they did, but we've already seen in the in the pre in some of the previous games against the Pelicans when they don't hit all their open shots, we still lose because we just don't match up well with them at all. Obviously, huge loss for the Kings. Trey Lyles not being on the floor uh, with that ankle injury. Pelicans also didn't have some some bum named Zion. He probably wouldn't have made much of an impact. But I mean, Zion not being out there and this still happening really shows that it's truly like an entire roster thing rather than just one guy making an impact. Kings need to just get bigger and need to get more physical defenders. And that's kind of the the bottom line to it all. Throwing Harrison Barnes out there against uh, Brandon Ingram at times and just other guys, he's just, you know, he's slow. We know this. Keegan Murray can be a solid defender, but we just need more of him. <laughs> we need mul- we need to multiply him, maybe make him slightly bigger you know, in some versions as well. I wish we could stretch out Duarte too, just make him slightly, slightly bigger. And I really think what the, the move the Kings need to make is they have a pretty redundant roster. They have a lot of guys that are redundant and, you know, you have Trey Lyles out in this one and you have Sasha step in. He didn't shoot the three well, but his cutting was great. And he was actually a positive on the offensive side of the ball. And I think he can, you know, he's not as good as Trey Lyles, but I think he can contribute in a lot of the same ways. And so at some point you might have to make a trade where, you know, Kings fans would just say, oh, just trade Sasha then. That's not really how that's going to work. It's you're going to have to trade the guy with the value. And we all love Trey Lyles. But that's an example of something that might have to happen in a tough decision that might have to be made where you trade one of your more redundant pieces for a type of player that you need and don't have on this roster. Because you know, if you trade all the guys that don't have any value, you're not going to get any value coming back the other way. Fox has had a rough homestand. He's had a rough few games, and he never seems to play well against the Pelicans. Not this year, at least. In the past, he's dominated the Pelicans, so it's just totally flipped now. And he had a, I'm sure that's a season low, at three points, one for ten from the field. He's looked banged up, absolutely. And we've we've seen the way the Pelicans can disrupt the Kings' offense and can disrupt De'Aaron specifically, and that definitely comes into play. But there's also an extra level to it because there's that was just a, a horrible performance from him, and there's definitely a little you know some injury concern there because it's not just against the Pelicans; it's been the last few games where he has looked banged up, and so. It's definitely a bit concerning. I mean, he was just dribbling the ball up the court with no one around him, and he just lost it. And he had he's had a few plays like that, like more than a few plays like that, where you just don't expect him to turn the ball over or make the 
core plays that he's making and when Darren scores three points, you're probably not going to win. And that's just <laughs> that's just the way it is. I thought Sabonis had a pretty solid game. Uh, he was the only guy that could rebound the ball. He had 10 of the Kings' 25 total rebounds. It was a 51 to 25 rebound difference. Like That is insane. We got nine rebounds in the first half. The franchise low in rebounds is eight. And there were there was that one rebound where I, it was just two guys went up for it and they, you know, both kind of had it and knocked it out of each other's hands like two kings. And then it just fell right to who was it, Herb Jones, maybe. And that just kind of was how it was all night. Kings just couldn't grab the ball and there was just not enough physicality, not a just a horrible defensive effort. Pelicans could just get whatever shot they wanted. And the Kings needed to make this a up and down game because in terms of the half court, the Pelicans just have a major advantage on on both ends because they just are bigger and longer than the Kings and have sh- guys who can shoot very well over our smaller defenders in CJ McCollum and in Brandon Ingram. And Domas was definitely a lot better in this one than he has been in the past against the Pelicans. 17 points, 6 assists, 10 rebounds was efficient. So I guess in terms of bright spots, he was a bright spot. Who else was a bright spot? Sasha in terms of his cutting. And then a lot of the garbage time guys. Kevin Herter, immediately when he came in, like there was just, I felt like it was similar to when Keon Ellis in in some game, I forget which game it was, but it was it was the game where he hit a bunch of threes, where I could just tell immediately by just the way he was moving around the court that he was feeling really good and feeling confident. I could see the same thing in Kevin Herter. Like it's just so clear to see when he's more confident and feeling good. And so I was like, okay, we're we're in for a good Kevin Herter game, and we're gonna need it if we're gonna beat the Pelicans. And then it's like. I mean, we just didn't even really get a chance to see that. But I thought he did have a, a solid game. 17 points. And, you know, again, wasn't didn't have some great three-point shooting game, but it's more about the other things for him to get him going on the inside and defensively. He got a block. He was getting his hands in the passing lanes. He was getting inside, getting to the free throw line, making good decisions with the basketball. I thought him and Colby Jones was making good decisions with the basketball. Keon Ellis, like I said, looked good. He hit all three of his threes. went five for six from the field, 13 points. Alex Len comes in and, you know, makes an impact in garbage time, whereas JaVale McGee played six minutes again in the regular rotation. Kessler Edwards comes in. He's knocking down shots. He hits two free throws out of two incredible things we just don't see from this team i also thought keegan murray came out of halftime at least and ramped up the pressure defensively like it 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 never was going to lead to a comeback but at least he showed some fight and his shot was off but he was he was fighting defensively more than really anyone else duarte had a bit of a, a rough game in terms of shooting the ball and i think he was also a little too small to be guarding a guy like Brandon Ingram if he got switched onto him. 
The Pelicans were just killing us in that pick and pop game with Valanchunas because we had to be worried about Trey Murphy and CJ McCollum coming off and Brandon Ingram, obviously. And Valanchunas was knocking down his shots. So that was that was tough. I hope this game leads to changes in the rotation because I never really understood in the first place why Davion and JaVale got back into the lineup. Like, I, I understood giving Davion another shot. And he played well in one or two games. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But then he played poorly. And it's like, Keon never really did anything to lose his spot. And so, okay, you, you gave Davion a chance. It, it just, it hasn't worked out at all. He airballed a wide open three. The, the only thing that he could really do defensively was draw illegal screens. Like that was, that's the only thing he can do. He couldn't even guard Jordan Hawkins, who was just shooting right over him. And that's the problem. He's just too small to be out there defending. And he's just not, he's just not good enough on either end. And I, we need more length. We need more size. And Keon can provide that. And then in terms of JaVale McGee, I, I don't know what Alex Len did to lose his spot. And so I hope those two guys regain their rotational spots because I really think what the lineup should be off the bench, it should be Malik Monk, Keon Ellis, Kevin Herter, Trey Lyles, and Alex Len. And then you can slot Sasha in at times if you want to go smaller and if you need that offense. I just don't... The, the only explanation that I can give for why Davion is getting playing time is because they're trying to up his trade value. Like that is the only ex possible explanation. He's just not providing anything out there. Like even when you look at Duarte, okay, he went 0 for 3 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. But there's just such a difference between that type of game from Duarte and what he provides elsewhere in terms of trying to get on the glass. He didn't get a single rebound, but there were times on the offensive glass where he was trying to make things happen and he's going to be physical and he's just bigger on the defensive end. You know, I would rather have Kevin Herter out there who's providing length and is more of a threat on offense and opens up the floor way more. So I just hope that this game leads to those rotational changes and, and reverts back to what uh, to what we were doing at one point, which I, I don't know why we ever really changed from that. Also, I, I become more and more confident each time I see Colby Jones play that he will be a rotational player, a very solid rotational player for this team going forward. And it won't be this season, at least not in the important games. But, you know, I was watching him in the G League against the Windy City Bowls. And, you know, there are still ups and downs. He's a very young player. But you can see even in his bad games in the G League, he's still is one of the most impactful players because he can just do so many things. He can shoot the three-pointer. It's not one of his greatest attributes, but he can. He can finish at the rim. He can pass. He can create for others. He can rebound. He's a solid defender. Like He just does everything really well, and it, he doesn't have those necessarily like attributes that really stand out but it's just that he can do everything to a very solid degree and 
that's why I don't think he'll necessarily be, you know, a star or a starter, but I think he'll be a solid rotational player in the NBA. It's unfortunate that we have to uh, match up against the Pelicans five times this season, which, you know, before the in-season tournament, you would never play a team five times in the regular season. There's no way we lose five games in a season to a single team, right? Like, we gotta, we gotta pick up that last game, and it is in Sacramento, but, uh, you know, that hasn't helped us against them at all. I do think there needs to be tweaks to how the in-season tournament is run. So, like, you know, this has nothing to do with this game at all. But just when the in-season tournament was announced, like, how it was going to work, I was confused, but I assumed that the NBA knew what they were doing in terms of scheduling. Turns out they didn't. Uh, they have some pretty serious scheduling flaws in terms of who gets matched up in the quarterfinals and semifinals, or especially the quarterfinals, where they're played, which team gets home court, because then that impacts the rest of the regular season schedule. I just assumed they would leave a chunk of the schedule blank, and then they would fill in from there. But that's not what they did. So instead, like we have to play the Pelicans five times, and they had to switch a home game from Detroit to New York, and now Detroit plays less home games. Like It's kind of a mess. No one really cares because it's Detroit. But that's just something they need to fix going forward I you know I I had too much faith in them I was like I don't get how this is going to work but they got it figured out right no they they didn't it's really wild this season to look at who the Kings have lost to and you, know, you look at the Pelicans the Clippers the Rockets uh the Warriors twice and then everyone else we've just been able to beat for the most part and I thought it was funny you know after the playoff series against Golden State and then after the first two games of this season where we lost to Golden State, people, including many Kings fans, were like, oh, Golden State Warriors, they own they own the Kings. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, that, that's not owning a team. We just lost to them in a competitive seven-game playoff series. You know, we're one and two against them in the regular season. Pretty competitive games, right? And now that we, we've gone 0-4 against the Pelicans, I'm like, yeah, see, this this is called owning a team. This is this is owning a team, not Golden State Test. The Pelicans own us. Like there's no other way around it. Blowout loss after blowout loss. There's only one non-blowout loss, and that was one where we were getting blown out, and then we staged a big comeback to then still lose. Going back though to the De'Aaron Fox being banged up thing, like he looks injured, and. I am worried because, like, if he has to sit, we saw that earlier in the season. And we, we survived, but there were some ugly games. But I really think, you look at our roster, and I've talked about it recently, where we just don't have that many creators on the team. And so if Fox is banged up and he has to miss games or whatever, or he's just not playing well like this, then so much rides on, on Monk, who had, you know a horrible game defensively and rebounding the ball, but was solid in terms of creating for others, which is what we need him to do. He was kind of part of the, the shot chucking guys as well, which wasn't great in this game, but everyone kind of started doing it once we were losing by a certain amount. But so much rides on him because we just don't have that much creation outside of him. And so the Kings, they need another creator 
and they need defensive wing help. And it's just like this, we're going to make moves. There's no way we don't make moves by the trade deadline. It's just like, we just got to keep toughing it out until the trade deadline, until help arrives. And it's just whether we go for a, a bigger move, whether a bigger move presents itself or we go with the smaller moves, but there's no way we can just do nothing at all. We don't need to go all in on this season, but you got to get some help to balance the roster better. But I know after a loss like this, Kings fans are going to be like, we need to make a move now. You know, it's like, no, we can wait a month. It's just the way the NBA works. There'll be a few trades leading up to the trade deadline. But for the most part, we're probably most of the moves are made around the trade deadline, like right at the trade deadline. So we just got to wait until then. Now, if we don't make a move at the trade deadline, then yeah, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. I think one last thing about this game is the Pelicans were missing Jose Alvarado. But I look at a guy like Jose Alvarado and the way he he plays. He's a small player like Davion, but he's just able to make such a big impact with his speed and just his will and determination to make things happen and that's what that's how the kings need to play they need to be all jose alvarado's if they want to beat the pelicans they have to get up into the pelicans and force turnovers and just make them uncomfortable because just putting your hand up and contesting a shot it's really not going to work because they're just so much bigger and longer than us at that point we're just hoping for misses and that's not going to happen with the type of shooters that they have. So it's just about showing more will and determination in fight than we have, and especially in this game, than we did. But at the end of the day, it's just one loss, and all the games against the Pelicans, just, you know, one loss each, four losses. As long as we're winning against other teams like we have, then we're fine. But we did lose to the Hornets. We lost to the Trailblazers. Those are the types of games that you need to win. And so we have two upcoming games that are very similar. They are away games, but it's at Detroit and it's at Charlotte. We got to get our get back against uh, Charlotte. And um, we, we can't lose to Detroit. I mean, they are horrible. Also, Cade just went out, I just saw, of the game that's going on right now. So if they're missing Cade, then there's just not even the slightest excuse to why we should lose at all. In these two games, it's a back-to-back, but there's just no excuse to lose either game. And if we're going to lose every single game against teams that we match up poorly against, like New Orleans and the Clippers... And we have Philadelphia and Milwaukee also coming up on this road trip, which are really tough games. We got to take advantage of these lesser teams because we did at the start of the season, even though we didn't play too many lesser teams, we did, you know, we beat Utah, we beat Portland barely, we beat San Antonio earlier in the season, but lately we haven't been been beating those teams. And with this loss to the Pelicans, you know, it's uh, obviously it's still really early in the season, but... We want to avoid the plan, and we are extremely close to seventh. I don't know. I haven't even looked at the standings after this game. Like we, we could be seventh right now. I, I don't think we are, but it's so it's so jam packed. I think the top three in the West have kind of separated a bit, like barely. 
but kind of have separation and then it's just really packed in the middle there isn't much of a shot of like missing the play-in but in terms of we we could definitely fall out of the top six very like very easily if we don't take care of business it really is just crazy you know I, I click on the Kings Pistons game and just looking at that Pistons record three and 32 like that's just incredible to look at it looks fake that is just such an insanely bad record and this season there there's just such a divide between the absolutely horrendous teams and the somewhat competent teams you know the rest there are so many absolutely horrible teams this season and so the kings you, you got to take advantage it's like all these teams missed the memo about like they thought the Wembenyama draft was this upcoming draft it's like no this upcoming draft is actually s supposed to be a lot weaker than the last draft guys I, I don't think they got that memo anyways that is it for this episode of the roll report another day another episode just trying to talk about a game that lasted about half a quarter but there are brighter times ahead so i will see you guys next time to recap the game in detroit peace